This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So on Friday, we were in conversation with the minister or the MEC rather of um, finance and counting, Jacob Mamabolo. Um, that's a, a, relay, a discussion about uh, the state bank that the provincial government wishes to establish as long uh, alongside a state-owned pharmaceutical company. The MEC said that they give they have been given the green light to go ahead with the establishment of this bank. He briefed the media or in, uh, in the, actually he briefed the Houting legislature last Thursday to provide an update on the establishment of a state-owned bank and uh, said that uh, and, uh, from, and the pharmaceutical company said that the due diligence report the commission clears all legal hurdles and provides Houting with a strong legal framework towards establishing a state-owned bank. Let's speak to academic and chartered accountant Kaya Stolo joins me on the line. Uh, Kaya, good morning to you. Good to be chatting to you. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. Kai, let's start with the um okay, firstly, you know, it's how these things are worded as well um is important because it can be um misleading and can equally be confusing in the sense that uh, when uh, the MEC speaks about being given a, the green light, I mean, the question has to be asked, green light from who? You know, because, I mean, there are banking and all of that is highly regulated and, you know, you have to be given a banking license. What is your understanding about the way, the process that they are following uh, in establishing this state-owned bank as they uh, describe it? Yeah, the, the the wording is quite curious because the way it's been expressed is that there's a report that now gives them the green light and clears all legal and regulatory hurdles towards them doing these particular things. But the way these things work is that even I can commission a report that says to me, mm. look, if I wanted to build a bank or if I wanted to build a new company, what are the things that I need to consider? And what are the things that I need to be aware of? So the report that they obviously quite interestingly refuse to release to the public can only tell them what they need to be aware of. There is no report that they could have commissioned themselves that then says to them that, oh, by the way, this was the law that was preventing you and this is how this law has been abolished. So mm. it's quite bizarre how they make it sound like there's a report that suddenly breaks down all existing barriers the barriers that exist here are going to be the barriers around the question of finance mm. and the question of purpose. And that is where the issues are going to become a bit more explicit when we then have to hear them explaining exactly how they're going to capacitate these institutions. And more importantly, the business case for establishing them, that way they have to explain exactly why they think that these are the two types of organizations that need to be established in light of the prevailing uh, market conditions and in light of the prevailing pressures on public finances. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, I'm glad you touched on the pressures on the public finance because the MEC himself uh, acknowledges that the, ba- uh, you know, the bank is being established at what he calls a very difficult time uh, taking into consideration the province's balance sheet. I mean, how would such a, how would a bank be financed? Or I mean, are we perhaps talking in the dark here in the sense that we actually do not really have detail about the nature of a, 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 a bank when we use the word bank loosely here? We don't actually know about what they're proposing here. 
Yeah, that's the issue here, and that we actually still have no idea what it is that they think they're trying to put together, because even within the spectrum of banking, there are different permutations. Mm. Are they trying to become the next standard bank? If they are, then there are different capital and funding implications for that. Are they simply trying to be a niche bank that's going to say, look, we think there are particular issues in relation to the servicing of this particular part of the market, so therefore that's what we're going to focus on. So until we actually know what it is that they are trying to do, we cannot even try to map out what the consequences are going to be. But the most important thing here is that whichever way they decide to formulate this idea of a bank, they're going to need something that the, the Reserve Bank will refer to as an anchor shareholder. In other words, someone with pockets that are so deep, they will always be able to step in should anything go wrong in the operations of that particular bank. Mm. So if you can remember right now, we've got this particular dilemma revolving the post office and the post bank, in mm. that the post bank is currently owned by the post office. But the post office itself is not a particularly stable. So the risk that exists here is that for the post bank, its own shareholder is an entity that is so fragile, it cannot rely on them mm. to actually bail it out if need be. Mm. So that's why we've got the post bank amending bill process that has just been finalized in Parliament mm. that says, look, it is just not feasible for a bank to be owned by a shareholder that is as fragile as a post office. Office. So you need someone strong with deep pockets. So when it comes to the Houting government, we firstly have to figure out which part of the public purse they are now going to reserve in order to make sure that should anything be required in order to mm. capacitate the bank, those reserves remain readily available. The Reserve Bank will not approve a process that says, look, we are the Houting provincial government, we will capacitate the bank, and if anything goes wrong, we'll find the money elsewhere. The money has to be readily available, mm. so they're going to have to sacrifice particular public spending programs in order to say that this is the funds that are available to ensure that the mm. banking license is approved, and I don't see that happening. Yeah, the devil, as they say, is in the detail. Kai, while I have you on the line, let's see, uh, bring in Carl in Alberton who wanted to comment uh, on this. Carl, go, go, go ahead, Carl. Yeah, uh, morning. Uh, look, I mean, uh, uh, throughout the world, I think this study also touched on uh, regional banks uh, across uh, emerging markets, uh, obviously our peers, and they seem to be working. The only problem, as Kaya has mentioned, is obviously the issue of capital. And uh, remember that Houghton government already... When you say the only problem, it's not a minor problem, is it? Is it? Well, well, well I'm not saying one of the major problems is yeah. capital. But if you take into account that Houghton government already on a developmental state has uh, funded some of the of the activities that would be probably befitting to be funded from a, a, mm. a regional bank. Mm. This developmental bank, it's not it's not necessarily that it's a new thing, and I think it's viable. The only problem is that you have capacity to be able to manage it. That's the critical thing remember government so your understanding your, your understanding is that it's a developmental bank as you call it yeah it mm. should be there's nothing else i mean it could there's no other way that it can be anything else except the, okay uh, be developmental in its nature in its purpose yeah all right thanks carl and in fact that's what jacob mamabullis said guys we conclude that uh, uh, they are looking at uh, financing uh, you know township businesses that are struggling to access finance because of the onerous uh, uh, lending regime uh, of the um, the commercial banks well the problem there is that if you want to 
uh, tackle the question of the lending regime that currently exists, you first have to ask the question of why the current banking system operates the way it does. And one of the biggest issues is that their definition or, in, or their interpretation of risk is quite common and universal in nature. It is informed by what the Reserve Bank tells them they need to do in order to manage the risk. So again, the problem here is that we are saying that we want to start a bank, which means that want it to be as regulated as robustly as all the other existing institutions and yet somehow want to argue that it's going to do things differently. So until we see this report and it explains exactly how their capital and lending practices are going to differ from the existing banks, we won't know what we're talking about. And also quite importantly, when those deviations occur, we then have to ask the difficult question of whether this is a bank that seeks to be as profitable as other entities mm. or simply seeks to be a break-even institution because if it's mm to be a break-even institution, then perhaps it can lend to you and I at a cheaper rate than what other banks are doing. But if it's trying to compete with them, if it's trying to sort of be on par with them, then it's actually not going to be able to do anything different. It's Mm. just going to be yet another institution. I think the last point is that if we say that we want it to be conceptualized as a developmental bank, then you have to ask the question of all, well, there are existing institutions that have a developmental mandate, whether you're looking at CIFA, CEDA, and all these other institutions. So the question is, if the Houghton government is of the opinion that more capital needs to be deployed towards those particular developmental purposes, why don't you capacitate existing mm. institutions that do not require you to start a due diligence report that you're going to hide, that do not require you to then go and beg and you know explain your business case to a provincial parliament and then start the regulatory process? It does sound quite strange, but of course, there's always going to be the question of the devil in the detail if the report ever becomes public. All right. Jobe, thank you so much. By the way, have you recovered from the events on Centre Court uh, last night? Well, I keep going back to that video of Matchpoint and I keep screaming every time I replay it because it finally exercised the demons of 2008 and of 2019. <laughs> Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Kaya Stolle. He, of course, uh, Kaya Stolle is an academic. He's a social activist himself and, of course, he's a chartered accountant by training. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.